Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Job chapter 38, verses 1 through 24, called The Lord Answers Job. Job 38 tonight, the Lord answers Job. If you are uh, new to the book of Job, just right before the Psalms. Job 38, the Lord answers Job from the whirlwind. This is a really powerful section of scripture. We're gonna take a chunk of it tonight. Um, We'll see how far we get, but it is uh, incredibly powerful because it is the voice of God directly speaking to man. And where in the scriptures we do have the voice of prophets and we do have uh, prophecy given and messages given and we have divine scripture given through the prophets and apostles, tonight we are gonna hear directly from God. And for those who do the math, they say God asks Job 77 questions. 77 questions. And those questions are Questions asked rhetorically to answer Job's questions. So it's kind of an interesting thing to think about, and this is gonna be one that you wanna just maybe try to look a little bit deeper as you think about the questions, because in the questions, there are answers. So let's pray before we go any further. Father, thank you for this section of the Bible. It is really a majestic section. It's pretty rare when God is recorded as speaking directly to man. Uh, in this fashion, and we don't know the mechanics of it, but we do know that the Lord, you, Lord, answered Job in the whirlwind, through the whirlwind, and you spoke directly to him, and you spoke profound truth, uh, really to put him in his place, but in another sense, to get him thinking outside of himself. And we need that help desperately, Lord, so we pray tonight that you'd help us to take our eyes off of our problems, just at least for a few moments, put them on you, the author, and perfecter of our faith, the finisher of our faith. You're gonna bring us all the way home, and I pray tonight, whatever the issues in this room may represent, those who may hear or watch this later, you'd minister to those needs as you would will, and you'd just uh, give us soft hearts to hear what you have to say. In Jesus' name I pray, all God's people said, Amen. amen. All right. Well, if you're like me, I'm kinda tired of hearing all the other voices, whether they're political voices or otherwise. Uh, there's a lot of talking going on, a lot of people offering answers. Uh, a lot of the answers seem to be repackaged answers, same old, same old kind of stuff. But there's a deep longing, I think, in every human being's heart to not only see God, but to hear from God. And Revelation 21 and 22 says we're going to see God, which is an amazing reality. But this particular section is about hearing from God and it's been the longing of Job's heart. Let me just show you a few places. Uh, Turn back for a second to Job 9. We'll move rapidly, but I just wanna set the table by showing you a few of Job's heart cries as it leads up to uh, chapter 38. Job 9.16 says, Job 9.16, if I called and he answered me, I could not believe that he was listening to my voice. For notice, he bruises me, 9.17, with a tempest multiplies my wounds without cause. He will not allow me to get a breath, to get my breath, but saturates me with bitterness. If it is a matter of power, behold, he is the strong one. 
If it is a matter of justice, who can summon him? All the way to Job 23, something similar here as Job longs to hear from God or have an audience with God. Job 23, three says, oh that I knew where I might find him, 23, three, that I might come to his seat. I would present my case before him and fill my mouth with arguments. I would learn the words which he would answer and perceive what he would say to me, 23, six. Would he contend with me by the greatness of his power? No, surely he would pay attention to me. There the upright would reason with him and I would be delivered forever from my judge. And then to 31.35, Job 31.35, Job cries, oh, that I had one to hear me, 31.35. Behold, here is my signature, let the Almighty answer me and the indictment which my adversary has written Surely I would carry it on my shoulder. I would bind it to myself like a crown. I would declare it to him, declare to him the number of my steps like a prince. I would approach him. Well, wonder of wonders, Job is going to get to hear from God now. The thing that he longed for, there is a deep longing to hear from God, quoting one writer, in the heart to see God. And there is also a longing to hear his voice. Job has been longing for this. It is what he desired most passionately and feared most deeply. (laughs) So, yes, he wanted to hear from God. But if you just look at the image behind me for a second, this is a representation of what's called theophany or uh, appearances of the Lord are often surrounded by the tempest, by fire, by storm, by lightning. And so to get the image of a whirlwind, you can kind of look at this and get an idea of what this represents. It is is a powerful image. It seems in many ways to be untamed. Uh, We know that there's uh, hurricanes and tornadoes that have passed through areas and, and, you know, done a good amount of damage. And Job wants to hear from God, and he's been hearing from all these other voices, including Elihu and others, and He's been speaking on behalf of God, but now Job is going to hear from God directly. And God is going to answer him out of the whirlwind. Verse one, the Lord, then the Lord, this is Job 38, one. See that word Lord there, that's uh, the capitals L-O-R-D, is whenever you see it that way, it's always Yahweh, or the four letters. So the four letters are Y-H-W-H, they're called the Tetragrammatron, and so, Uh, Whenever you see Lord capitalized like this or whatever you call the caps there, what are they called there? Lowercase caps or whatever they're called. Anyway, um, that is Yahweh. And so the closest we have to it because we don't have the vowels is the consonants and we have Y-H-W-H. So some say it's Yahweh, Yahweh, but this is the name of God. It's the Lord. Notice he answered Job out of the whirlwind. So God appears in what's called theophany. You've heard uh, maybe that term before, or Christophany, the appearing of the Lord. And here, sometimes with thunder, Psalm 77, 8, 
Uh, I think it's verses eight through 10. Sometimes with dark clouds, Psalm 18, 10 through 13. Sometimes divine visitation is with an earthquake, Judges 5, 4 and Psalm 18, 8. Sometimes with fire, like Psalm 50, verse three. One writer says, the panorama of natural phenomena witnesses that Yahweh, the holy God, is actually present. The clouds protect the audience from being completely consumed by his holiness. And so when God appears and you have these natural phenomenon that appear with him like the clouds and so forth, that is to depict his holiness but it is also to protect the audience. (laughs) If we saw God in his full radiance and holiness, we would be done. We would be dust. And so here he comes from the storm. When Jesus sent the disciples into the storm, remember he went up on the mountain to pray and they were rowing against the wind and it was what the fourth watch of the night and Jesus came to them walking on the sea. He was walking on the storm, if you will, and the sea wasn't calm, not this placid scene like we see sometimes depicted. No, the winds were raging. It was one of those storms on the Sea of Galilee. Don't happen all the time, but when they hit, man, it's trouble. And these are seasoned fishermen, and they think they're going to die. And Jesus comes walking on the water, and they go, wah! (laughs) It's a ghost. It's, It's the Grim Reaper. It's the Death Angel. And Jesus says, to paraphrase, calm down, boys, it's me. And remember, Peter wanted to go out to him. Lord, if it is you, bid me to come to you on the water. Come. But when Peter, you know, and he did something radical, right? He was walking on the sea. But when Peter saw the wind and the waves, he started to freak out and he started to drown. Lord, save me. And the Lord reached down. He pulled him up. And then he said to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Isn't that interesting? The Lord does put a great amount of emphasis often in the New Testament on faith. Interestingly enough, that scene is a storm. Jesus sent his disciples into the storm. He knew what was gonna happen. He's up on the mountain praying for them and he doesn't come to them until the fourth watch of the night, which means several hours have passed and they've been struggling and, and you know, trying to go against the wind. And oftentimes, and this is a concept that we've probably heard before, God will send us into storms. Why? To teach us some things. So this image is, is really kind of a fascinating image in thinking about the Lord and what he does in our lives. There's gonna be two speeches to give you an outline coming up, two speeches from the Lord. Um, They're gonna be followed by short responses from Job. Job does not have a whole lot to say after this, but the speeches blend multiple genres, theophany, hymn of praise, dispute, interrogation of a defendant, myths of the divine battle, with primordial monsters. The essential nature of these speeches is a hymn of praise, says one writer. So many different genres, and what you're gonna see is often some poetic language. So what we're gonna get some pictures of is God describing phenomena, like natural phenomena and that kind of thing, but it's going to be in some poetic language. It's not exactly how it all works mechanically, but it does the job. 
And, and God from the whirlwind addressing Job says, verse two, who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Now gird up your loins. If you have an ESV, it says dress for action. If you have an NIV, it says brace yourself. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. Producer Rob Newton here, and on behalf of Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team, thank you so much to our financial and prayer partners. Whether you have given a one-time donation or you have become a monthly partner, you have contributed to our mission to reach out with God's truth to all people and helping listeners like you apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You've heard that before, right? Well, we mean it. Thanks to our financial partners, we have added three new radio stations this year. Our prayer is to bless our new listeners the way we have hopefully been a blessing to you. If you're a longtime listener, would you please consider becoming a $5 a month partner? That may not seem like much, but every little bit makes it possible for us to continue our broadcasts, podcasts, and free apologetic events. Please become a partner giving at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. The essential nature of these speeches is a hymn of praise, says one writer. So many different genres, and what you're going to see is often some poetic language. So what we're gonna get some pictures of is God describing phenomenon, like natural phenomenon, that kind of thing. But it's going to be in some poetic language. It's not exactly how it all works mechanically, but it does the job. And, and God from the whirlwind addressing Job says, verse two, who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Now gird up your loins. If you have an ESV, it says dress for action. If you have an NIV, it says brace yourself. Like a man, the word man means be a valiant man or it's time to be a warrior, Job. And I will question you and you instruct me. Now what's interesting about this is that we've often heard about how God doesn't really answer Job, so to speak. He just challenges him but he does invite Job to instruct him. And after all, that's what Job's been kind of looking for, right? You know, there's a story about a man who's sitting at a dinner party somewhere and he says, you know, essentially, I, I think I could run the universe better than God. Ever said that uh, before or thought it before? Hopefully not, right? I think I could be, do a better job, you know. I, I think I can run the universe better than God. I have some pretty clever ideas, some, you know, some new strategies to look at things, you know. But obviously that's a silly notion, and so girding up one's loins in the ancient world, they wore robes, even men wore robes. And so they would tuck their robe into their belt for freedom of movement. And so essentially, when you break down the Hebrew here, uh, writers will say that what God is saying to Job is, let's get ready to rumble. <laughs> 
It's kind of a wrestler's image or get ready to box. You want, you want an audience with me? Okay, here we go. Ding, ding, ding. And sometimes when we, when we get what we wanted so desperately, we don't realize what we've been asking for. Because now we get to deal with the God of the universe. And he says, Job, you better buckle up because we're going to tussle. And I've got some questions for you since everybody's been asking questions. Well, I've got some questions for you, and then you can answer my questions. Now, if you were here the night that Greg Kokel came, he shared with us the book Tactics, an updated version of the book Tactics, and it's the idea of using questions and conversation as a spiritual bridge to get to truth. And I was thinking about this after Greg was here that night and thinking about, you know, Jesus did this very thing in using questions. He did it with the religious leaders. He said the baptism of John, was it from heaven or from man? And remember, they huddled up in a little huddle. All right, what are you going to What are we going to say? Ready, break. We don't know. Right? Well, then neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. Uh, the Christ... Whose son is he? Right? He asked another question. They really don't know the answer to the question. And so God has questions of his own. Not that he needs the answers. But it is a form of instruction. In fact, you're going to find the questions are rhetorical and filled with sarcasm or irony from the Lord. Yes, the Lord apparently can be sarcastic. Because when you're God, you're in a category <laughs> all your own, right? So he's going to ask some questions that seem to be somewhat uh, filled with irony or sarcasm, but there's a reason for it. And here's, you know, a lot of people have questions for God. If you were to think about maybe the last uh, month or so, how many questions do you think people have asked about God or prayed to God? I mean, I have my questions. I'm sure you do as well. There's a website called Got Questions. Ever been to that website? It's a pretty good website. I think it's uh, .org. And uh, it will give you a lot of answers to, and it's a pretty solid website about questions that we have. We have lots of questions. Questions about the problem of evil, etc. The story is recounted uh, Benjamin Jowett. He was the master of Balliol College in Oxford. Apparently someone asked him at dinner, Dr. Jowett, we would like to know what your opinion of God is. To which he is said to have replied, I should think it a great impertinence were I to express my opinion about God. The only constant anxiety of my life is to know what God's opinion of me is. I can tell you my opinion about God, but what I really want to know about, what makes me anxious, says this man, is what does God think about me? You ever flip that around in a conversation around the coffee maker? What are your thoughts on God? <laughs> well, you may have some thoughts, but I'm really more interested in what God has to say. Amen? And we have a lot of people who get a little bit spiritual and they think maybe they become somewhat of an expert, but we need to hear what God has to say. And God is going to go right to creation and he's going to really, as he questions Job, and as we open our hearts to this section, he's going to emphasize the bigness of God. The bigness of God, the holiness of God, the grandeur of God 
is a big part of our healing. I'm gonna say that one more time. The bigness of God, the holiness of God, the grandeur of God is going to be a big part of your healing. See, if you stay stuck in your problems and your little circle and your neighborhood and you don't get your eyes off of that, you're gonna be so consumed with your problems that your house is going to metaphorically just tumble in on you. But when you can get your eyes off of yourself and off of your problems and onto the bigness of God, there was a book written, Your God is Too Small. And this is what God is doing for Job. He's going to go into creation, his created order. This is question one, verse four. And he starts, where were you (laughs) when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding, this repetition of the idea of understanding Job, can you claim, you're going to see this idea in different ways of understanding, can you claim to know the inner structure of the created created order? Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? And notice the invitation. Tell me if you have understanding. You've been listening to The Lord Answers Job, part one on Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael's teaching in Job chapter 38, verses 1 through 24. If you missed any part of today's program, you can always listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, we'd love to connect with our listeners. That means you. So you can email or send Pastor Michael and the team a letter. We love to get mail. You can get all the contact information at walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. But our email address is contact at walkintruth.com. That's contact at walkintruth.com. And here's our mailing address. Are you ready? You can write Pastor Michael at P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. Once again, that's P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Have you ever sensed that God may be asking you a few questions? You know, Jesus was a master at this. When he was confronted with a question, he would often turn it around and ask somebody a a question or answer a question with a question. And he was a master at this. And, you know, he did it to make people think, um, to, to cause them to look inside their heart. And, you know, God does that with us today. Sometimes a question is asked and it's easy to be a bystander sitting in the stand somewhere thinking, you know what? I wonder how so-and-so is going to deal with that one until you realize that so-and-so is you and you got to deal with the question. That's what God wants us to do. He wants it to start with us. And so I would ask you as we go through what God says to Job, starting in chapter 38 and beyond, is start putting yourself in Job's sandals and ask yourself, well, where were you when God made everything? Where were you when God did this or that? So that you have yourself in perspective that God is your creator, your Lord, and your Savior. Trust in him. That's what I think is implicit in God's response. Job, I'm God, you're not. Trust me. 
Well, I want to encourage you to get back into fellowship. That's part of what it means to build your faith. If you've been away from church for a while because of COVID or other reasons, man, if there's not a health concern uh, stopping you at this point with COVID really waning in the U.S., it's time to get back to church, man. It's time to not let fear dictate anymore. Now, if you have, you know, uh, health concerns, of course, you got to be careful. But I'm saying, man, for the rest of us, let's get back into fellowship. Let's connect with the body. Let's serve one another. Let's be inviting, giving, taking the Lord's Supper, watching people get baptized, uh, greeting one another, showing warmth and love and affection, serving one another, serving the body, the kids. We, summer's coming up. We have a chance to do vacation Bible school and reach out to kids who have been largely traumatized in the last year. It's time to bring the hope of the gospel. Hey, if you've been looking for a church, I pastor a wonderful church along with other pastors. I get the privilege of being senior pastor of Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona. We have two Sunday morning services, 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. We're going through the incredible book of Exodus right now. And we're right off the 91 freeway and Lincoln Avenue in Corona. Now, if you've been looking for a church, now's the time. 830, 10:30, come on out. You can get driving directions and all you need when you download the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app in your app store or go to walkintruth.com. I would love to meet you and I would love to worship our Lord with you. God bless you. And we'll see you soon. And just a reminder that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast for free, and it helps us do our free apologetic events too. So please consider becoming a monthly partner of at least $5 a month. You can donate at walkintruth.com. And join us on Monday on this station for Pastor Michael Lance's teaching in Job chapter 38, verses 1 through 4, called the Lord answers Job. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.